Good morning. So this morning we're looking at John chapter 14, and we're continuing our series on preparing for Easter. And we're going to be looking at some of the scriptures and how they they relate to the time then and the time now. We're going to share some testimonies, some prophecy, and we're going to have some chance to pray together as well. So I'm going to start by reading the whole chapter, John chapter 14. Now to mix it up a bit, I've changed the font, Matt. <laughs> he was here last week and very much enjoyed Matt's little breakdown over the font <laughs> that came up. If you missed it, it's on Instagram. I'm sure it's other places by now as well. It was fabulous. So I've mixed it up and I'm expecting Matt to name each font that I have chosen. I didn't even know it was a thing before that. I'm so grateful. Thank you very much. I'm moving on with my PowerPoint skills. Here we go, Matt. Um, so I'm reading from my NIV Bible that I've had for 30 years. So if the wording has slightly changed, I'm very sorry, but um, hopefully you can follow along if you can read the font because it does get quite pretty later on. Okay. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house and many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been amongst you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me that is doing his work. Are you with us, Matt? Have you got the font? Oh, oh. Feel free to share. It's quite a boring one, that one, isn't it, actually? (laughs) Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my command and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. 
He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this I have spoken while with you. But the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You have heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the Prince of the world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for, for, for your words written down on paper, Lord, for your words of scripture that come alive to us. God, thank you for this amazing chapter when Jesus is preparing his disciples. But even, even now, Lord, these words ring so true to us and they could be written for us today. Lord, we just welcome you, God. We welcome your spirit. As, as, as I speak, God, let me glorify your name. Let your words come through. Will you prompt each one of us, God, as we open our hearts to you, as we tune our ears to you? Will you settle the things in us that are leading us all over the place? Will you bring your peace right now, God, so that your word can speak to our hearts? Whether it's something through what I've said or something completely different and random, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Amen. So I love this chapter. Um, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. There's just so much in it. And it's really, really meaty. And you could do a sermon on, on every verse pretty much. And so I've been very restrained. And I've written it down. Normally I just ramble, but I've written it down so that I really stick to script because it is so fabulous. Um, so... We're going to start with looking at what Jesus was, was getting at with this passage. So this passage is divided into three sections. So the first is Jesus comforts his disciples. Then he talks about the Father. And then he starts to reveal the coming Spirit, which is completely unheard of. The Holy Spirit has not lived in man for the whole of history. And so the poor disciples have got a lot to get their heads around. But this is also a brilliant chapter for preparing for Easter and it's also an amazing chapter. Um, I, I love the prophetic. Um, I spend a lot of time prophesying, asking God, what is he doing in our church, in the world? I meet up with other prophetic people and we, we, we pray, um, sometimes people from other nations, and we pray about what God's doing in the nation. And it's amazing that at the moment, we're all saying the same kind of things, well, the same things that God is doing. And it's really exciting. So I'm going to be sharing some of that with you today because it really relates to this chapter. I couldn't believe it when I was given this to prepare. It's, it's, it's quite exciting how God is preparing us, and he's just really with us in this season. He always is, but maybe I'm just becoming more aware of it, and these are exciting times. So Jesus is, is talking to the disciples, and he's trying to prepare them for his death, um, for their future, for the spirit coming, as I just said, and for life in eternity, and that's quite a lot to grasp. Um, where they haven't got a clue what he's talking about. And he can see, he knows he's going to die really soon. He knows he's going to have a brutal death. And he knows they're going to be thrown into absolute horror 
And they're going to be so confused and they're going to be so distressed. And he's trying to bring comfort, saying, do not be troubled. He starts at the beginning and he ends this chapter with, do not be troubled. And he obviously believes that's possible or he wouldn't say it. Jesus doesn't waste his words. He, he believes that even though all that he knows they're going to go through, they can find peace and they can live without being troubled. But obviously what they're going through is going to be, is, is going to be really difficult, but it's going to also be really amazing. They are witnesses to Jesus splitting time. And he doesn't just die and disappear. He, he raises again and he, he shifts the whole universe. He shifts the whole spirit world. The whole physical world is different from that moment. You know, he, he, there's the resurrection, but also in the, in the crucifixion, when he died, the curtain was torn into immediately. And, you know, the curtain was covering the Holy of Holies and the priest could only go in there once a year and they would tie a rope around his ankles so they could pull him out in case he died because it was such a dramatic thing to do. But when the curtain ripped, it wasn't just that we can all go into the Holy Holies, it's that the Holy of Holies came to live in us. And that is mind-blowing. We don't die. <laughs> We're the power of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us every single day. And that is stunning. And that happened immediately. So Jesus knows all this is coming and he's trying to have this little chat with, with these guys who are fishermen and tax collectors and they really don't know what he's talking about and it's, it's quite amusing. But he's trying to prepare them for the coming times of light and darkness. As we said, he, he gets killed brutally and they, they get, um, that it's a really stressful time for them. They go and hide and, um, but then they get filled with the spirit and they go on this incredible journey. Um, where they're living amongst light and darkness. So let's have a little look at some of that. Um, so yeah, so in the first bit, he's, he's, he's talking about comfort and how he's going to bring his spirit. And we're thinking about that, as, as I said, just preparing for Easter. And then just thinking of the world around us. You know, what is God doing in his spirit in the world at this time? And some of you may have seen the, some people are calling it revivals or certainly an outpouring of God's spirit on some of the universities that started about a month ago in America. And if you haven't come across it, some, just like a Christian union were meeting, they were worshipping and they just ended up worshipping all night and the spirit of God came and they were just repenting, they were falling on their faces and they just were enjoying this pure worship of God and his presence and didn't want to leave. Well, this went on day after day and week after week and they had to get a rotor system going on. It started spreading to other universities and that spread into other countries. And it's, it's popping up all around the world. And it's, I just saw a few bits come up on my Facebook page and I just watched a couple of minutes. And it's, they weren't clever songs. It wasn't shiny worship. There wasn't a famous preacher and a great band. They were singing really old fashioned songs, but there was just this real desire to, to meet God and to, um, just to let go of all the structure, shiny stuff. And, and when we think of, when we use the word revival, we think of a great preacher, um, Wesley on his horse, or, um, yeah, the, the, the spirit falling. And, and, and previous times, revival has um, died down quickly because it's depended on a certain person or a certain thing. But each time the, the wave of the spirit has come in the earth, it's built on the last, the last wave. So, yeah, the, the youth, they've really been through a lot, haven't they? I mean, we all have with COVID, but it's really affected the youth in this time. And they had their, their education disturbed. They had their social lives disturbed. You know, and it wasn't so bad for me. I was ill. It was really hard. We've all got our own stories of how hard it was. But, but for the youth, they, 
they left school and never went back. They left university and never went back. The, the time when I was meeting my husband, you know, they, they didn't have that time. They were in the house with their parents. They weren't meeting people. Um, and it's, it's really affected them. And they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders, haven't they? The environment. You know, they're, they're out protesting and, and really suffering because they're, they're really concerned about the mess the world is in. And they're really trying to fight for it. They're trying to fight for justice. And there's this real stream of hunger for purity going through the youth. Yet they're fighting the darkest times as well that, that youth has seen. You know, when we, when we were young, we thought, oh, our parents don't understand us. They don't understand what we're going through. They don't understand all our cool words and our trendy stuff. And you're not even allowed to say trendy anymore. Apparently my kids say that's too old a word. But, um, it shifts, and the generation you know, that are young at the moment have, have really got the weight of the world on their shoulders, and it's shifted again. And there's this real battle between light and darkness, and I really believe they are being called to, um, to carry the banner of light for, for Jesus in, in our nations, in our world. And they're really experiencing this battle. There's a real struggle for mental health, and there's a real desire for purity and for truth. And we really need to get behind our youth at the moment. I say this is a season when it's not okay just to leave it to the the youth workers or the school. But we really, really need to fight for our youth at the moment. And I really want to even take a moment just to stop and encourage us as a church to fight for our youth in prayer and intercession and get to know them. It's hard because they go out to to Albert's place, they go out to Devo, they go upstairs. But when they come back in, let's try and bridge that gap and get to know our youth and get behind them and what they're going through. Um, we had four teenagers. Um, my generation, and certainly my parents' generation, were brought up to believe that teenagers were, were <laughs> trying to use nice words, scary people. You know, we don't relate to teenagers. Uh, but um, we had four teenagers, and I must say, they, they are lovely. The frontal lobe takes a while to develop. <laughs> Some say it doesn't develop fully till 21, and we have to learn to manage that, us who have a frontal lobe. But um, they are fabulous people, and they, they really need us at this time. But yes, watch the media, watch the social media and see how God is really flowing through them. Exciting times. So I'm going to look at some scriptures. So we're just going to go through, um, look at verse 16, 18, 26. So verse 16, um, God says, I will give you the counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And in verse 18, I will will not leave you as orphans. And so that the Holy Spirit is is, going to come. And as I said, it's the first time that he's come in history. And and there's the word truth, which uh, youth are really looking for. You know, what is truth in this world where you can decide your own truth? There's a hunger to know truth. And and the scriptures, Jesus is saying... um, I tell you the truth in verse 12. And he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to bring truth. And then in verse 6, he says, I am the truth. And when we're looking for truth, we can be looking out in the world. What is the media saying? What is the news saying? What is the the world's understanding of truth at the moment? What is my truth? But Jesus says he is the truth. And in this world of of chaos and and spinning plates, it's really good to know that we have a foundation of truth that doesn't shift, that doesn't change with the shifting shadows. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And his words are truth. So as I said, I I love love the prophetic and I'm going to move into a bit of a prophetic word for the church that I got at the beginning of this year. Well, it started at the end of last year 
when we started having our strategic review and I was going to a meeting and I was saying, God, you know, what, what is on your heart for our church? We're, we're analyzing it, we're reviewing it, we're filling in questionnaires, we're having meetings. What is on your heart? And he started giving me um, a, a, a view of his heart in November which, and then in, again in January, I said, God, what is your heart for, for this year for our church? And he was saying that he, this is the year of relationship and he wants to move in his spirit. He wants to come in a new way on his church. He wants to move in power, but he's going to do that through relationship and he's going to land on relationship. And, and gone are the days where we're like, God, give us your spirit, give us your power. We want the signs and the wonders and the miracles. And God's going, yeah, that's great. I come with that, but I come first with relationship. And we had um, recently our series on the spirit. And, and Dave was saying that, you know, the spirit is a person. He's the person of God. He's not just a powerful force. The spirit is God. And when we when we meet the Spirit, we meet a person. And I'm going to keep saying that word, the person, the relationship of God. And when we seek God, like these students are doing, when we seek him for himself, not just for what he can do for us. You know, he's not a, a genie in the bottle that can solve all of our problems. Because he can, but it's not about that. It's about the relationship. And God woos us to himself. He draws us to his personhood. And as we fall in love with him, as we look at him, we see how good he is. And then his spirit comes and his power and his miracles come. But it's because that's who he is. That's his essence. And it starts to flow out of us. But we find that not by seeking the miracles, but by seeking God. And there's a real season for that at the moment. God is really calling us into that. He's excited about how he wants to move in our church. And when I say church, I don't mean the community church at Greenway Centre. I don't mean a bunch of leaders. I don't mean a structure. I mean the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We are people who gather because we love Jesus and we love each other. And he empowers us to do both of those things. And as we do that in this season, as we grow together in relationship, that's where he's going to land. That's where he's going to land. You know, gone are the days of isolation. I'm saying today it is finished. It is finished. We are not in lockdown. It is not the season to be isolated. And God is putting us back together. And I'm, I'm seeing this in the church. I'm seeing breakfasts and meetings and we are gathering and, and it's the heart that God is putting in his people. You know, the Bible says that God gives us the desires of his heart. And I used to think, well, that means God gives us whatever we desire. He's like, no, <laughs> I give you my desires. I put them in, in your heart. And we're seeing that. I'm seeing that rise up all over the church. And, um, yeah, Dave Roderick and Dave Mitchell, even at the beginning of the year, they were both saying, um, in, in prayer week that we want to see the spirit come. And, you know, and we're praying and God's saying, I want to bring my spirit. And it's wonderful to be in a church where our pastors are hungering after the heart of God and they're hearing his heart. Um, I, know, I don't know about Dave, Dave Mitchell, somebody says, oh, I'm not very prophetic. Yeah, I see him standing up there saying, declaring the things that God is doing in this earth at this time. And he's, he's declaring them, are hungering after them. We have pastors who, who are listening to the voice of God and bringing the, the move that he is, he is bringing. And it's really amazing to be a part of that in this time. So yes, God wants to bring his spirit. He wants to land on relationship. So relationship is quite a difficult thing, um, especially for introverts, <laughs> as they sometimes say. Um, I, I, I switch between introvert and extrovert. I'm a bit of both. Um, but... You know, we've, we've been in isolation. We've got used to that through lockdown. We've got used to being in our own, in our own home. We've set up routines that are hard to break out of now. We've, we're working from home. We're socializing from home. We're, we've got used to not, not meeting. And we are meeting 
again, but it's not quite the same and, and, and it can be, we can feel quite vulnerable in, in reconnecting. And if God is calling us to go deeper in relationships, that's, that's quite a challenge and it takes a bit of courage to invite someone to dinner, invite someone for coffee. But let's step out in this season and, and, and dog walks and however it is, is we connect. Um, but let's step out because I, I really heard God saying that the mount he's going to come in his spirit is, is going to be in direct relation to the mount that we reconnect as people and the mount that we're in unity as a church. And again, when I say church, it's body of believers. It's, it's all of us. And, and this is really important because God is, is relationship. God is relational. Even himself is, is three in one. And he, he loves us and he wants to gather us and he doesn't want to just to gather us as a, as a person. He wants to gather us as, as, as a body because we really need each other. And he doesn't give any one of us everything. <laughs> he doesn't give the leadership team everything. There's some really big gaps. And in, in, it's easy to, to criticize gaps or to take offense. But, but when there's gaps, it's because we, we are a body and we need every single part. We need every single person. And I really believe this is a year where we, we all step up and we join together and we contribute our gifts. I need what each one of you has got. And if you don't bring it, I'm missing something. And then I'm trying to compensate. I'm trying to do too much because I need you. We, we need each other, but that's a vulnerable thing to do to, to, to step out and to join in as a body. And as I was preparing this, um, I found a bit of Joyce Meyer just after I'd written this and she worded it so, so nicely. So I'm going to read, um, how she worded this. Where is she gone? Okay. She says, God gives each of us unique talents, abilities, and traits, but he doesn't give anyone everything. None of us have everything, but we all have something. By doing this, he's requiring us to depend on one another. If you have a gift that I need and I don't have that gift, then I need to depend on you. I need you to come alongside me and share that gift. He wants us to work together and appreciate the gifts in one another. Rather than being jealous of them or trying to copy them, the best thing you can do is accept yourself and believe that God created you with his own hand very carefully and that you are very fearfully and wonderfully made. So yeah, I I can't be a perfect leader, I can't be a perfect friend, but I really love my church and I really love the people here. And I'm standing here today not because I like preaching and not because I like being looked at, but because I just love God's heart for people and say that I, I love to listen to him and say, what are you saying? What is on your heart? And he shows me how he loves people in this room. And I'm absolutely blown away. And, and, and I just fall more and more in love with the church and, and, and with people because that's his heart. And when we see his heart, it, it, it grows. So we welcome your heart, Lord, to show us each other. But yeah, I felt that if the thing, the thing he said that would, that is, is difficult is, is, well, our, our own fear of, of being vulnerable. And then also just that the criticism, it's really easy to take offense, to be offended by people. And as we're trying to be vulnerable with each other, I find it difficult sometimes. Sometimes I'm an introvert and sometimes I'm an extrovert. And when I'm in an extrovert mode, it's brilliant. I love everyone. And when I'm in an introvert mode, especially if I'm tired, I start to hide and I start to withdraw and I start to worry about what I say. And sometimes I get really muddled with my words and can't find the right words and muddled with how to express emotion. And then I start to hide and I start to withdraw because I worry that what I say will be taken apart or misunderstood. 
So I get quiet and I withdraw and I hide. Um, and then when I, I think, oh, Nancy, stop it. Try and speak. Try and say something. Um, because I, I've realized I've wasted too much of my life hiding and I've missed relationships and I've missed opportunities because I've withdrawn and I've kept quiet in a group. And, and, but sometimes then when I try and push myself forward, I just say something stupid and then I go home and, oh, I can't believe I just said that. And, um, I worry that it can be analyzed and then I'll be rejected. And it's really difficult, but I want to say if people are feeling nervous, vulnerable or tired, we can be irritable. Yeah, <laughs> it's really easy to be irritable or stupid when we're, when we're tired or nervous. So as we, as we gather, as we're vulnerable, let's not be offended by each other and let's be quick to forgive. And this is a theme that I think is going to keep coming up this year. So I'm really emphasizing it now. Let's not take offense. If offense is something that you take, you choose to take it. They did this. I'm choosing to take offense. We can equally choose not to take it and we can train ourselves in that. So, back to verse 12. So Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me would do what I have been doing. He would do even greater things than these. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is saying that we are going to do what he did. And we're going to do greater things than Jesus. I mean, Jesus did the most amazing things on earth, right? And he's saying not only are we going to do those, but we're going to do greater things. Because he's leaving the earth and he's giving us the spirit, the spirit that he did those things through, he's giving to us. And he lived as a man on this earth who was empowered by the spirit. And he gave us the example of how we can live as a person, as a human being powered by the spirit. He didn't just come as God, he came as a man who listened to God. And he says, even a couple of times in this passage, but throughout the New Testament, I only do what I see the Father doing and what I hear him saying is what I say. And he's saying that we can live like that. Who struggles to know what to do or say a lot of the time? You know, who has problems at work and can't see a way through? Family dynamics, relationship breakdowns, that what on earth are we going to do? But when the Holy Spirit is in us, he gives us strategy. He gives us wisdom. He is all-knowing and he can speak to us. And we can um, be guided by him. And, and Jesus lived in tune with, with, with the Spirit, Now we are spirit beings and we're born of the spirit and we live in a spirit realm as well as in a physical realm on this earth. So we can see everything in this room and that's very physical, but we're also spiritual people and there's a whole spiritual dynamic going on all the time. And we are in... In our Western world, we may not be so aware to tune into that. But as Christians, we tune into that. And Jesus was aware of that the whole time. And we can be as well. We can be aware of what is going on in the spirit as well as aware of what is going on in the physical realm. And we that's really an amazing way to live, where every situation we can be going, but God, what, what, what do I do? Jesus, help me. As we're chatting, you know, at work, or God can di- download specific help um, and peace in times of trouble, which is amazing. So... So he keeps going, and I, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And as I said, it's not like, get out your wish list, right? I can ask Jesus for anything, and he's going to do it. But he says, in my name, in my name. And I was preparing this preach, and I was saying, God, I want to speak in your name. I don't want to speak in the name of Nancy, not even in the name of what's expected of me, but I want to speak in your name, Jesus. I want to represent you. I want to speak your words. I want to represent you rightly. 
And it's like a, a policeman, this illustration is often used in church, a policeman puts on a uniform and he's speaking in the name of the law. He's not speaking in the name of, of, of um, Phil Bloggs, he's speaking in the name of the law. And, and when he hasn't got his uniform on, he's sat on the beach fishing, he's, he's just a person and he doesn't have that authority. But when he puts on his uniform, he's speaking in the name of the law in the interests of the law and in the law of the law. And when we, when we pray in the name of Jesus, it's not that we can pray anything we want and then go, in the name of Jesus, although we all do that and I do that all the time. That's not a criticism, but I'm just unpacking what it means. It's not we ask for anything we want in the name of Jesus and he's going to do, do our will. No, he, we are his hands and feet on this earth. We are his mouthpiece. And as we tune into the spirit, we're tuning into the will of God, to his peace and his compassion. It's not all signs and wonders and miracles. It's just a kind word to a person. It's going across the room and talking to the person on that own. That is living in the spirit. It's loving a child who's crawling under the stage when you're trying to give the notices. You know, that's loving in the spirit. It's wonderful. We love this. Jesus teaches us how to live well together and and how to love each other and to see each other from his point of view. Um, that's living in the name of Jesus. Um, and he, he helps us to see why someone's being critical that day. You know, rather than, oh, I'm taking offense, they were mean to me, which I can really easily do. I say, but Jesus, why were they doing that? And he goes, they're tired. Show them some grace. Um, they love you, or they may not have noticed that thing that you wanted them to notice about you, but show them some grace today. And then tomorrow, they'll be needing, you know, it'll, it'll switch the other way around. In the name of Jesus is in the heart and in the spirit and in the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. When we tune into him, we know his desire, we know his will, and he lands with his spirit on what he wants to do, and he uses us to bless us. He also comes alongside us because he has our backs. He's our loving dad. And when we step out, he often just jumps in and joins it anyway. He joins a lot of ideas because he just loves us too. But when we start listening to him and moving with him, it's an amazing thing. So nearly there. Yeah, yeah, just Matthew 28 gives us the authority. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end there. Um, there's a lot more I can say, but, but what I really want to do is, is, is to pray together. So I'm just going to read my conclusion. Um, so I don't forget what I was going to say. In this coming Easter season, um, it's good to remember that Jesus died not just to bring us salvation, ascend us to heaven, but to give us his authority to carry on doing the things that he did. He's given us each other, and he's given us the Spirit. We are the temple of the living God, and the Spirit is living inside us now. It's not just the building, it's each one of us. So let's reconnect, let's believe that Jesus speaks the truth, and let's grow in a new confidence in the season that he will move through us as we step out towards him and to each other and to the lost and the broken. He will show up, this is what he loves to do. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. We make room for you. So let's stand. If you can't, don't worry, you don't have to. But let's, let's stand if you physically can. And we, we're going to pray. And we're going to welcome, we're going to welcome the presence of God. So if you're able to close out, close your eyes, you can put your hands out if you want. Just get comfortable. And turn your attention, your affection to Jesus, to the Spirit. And Lord, we've heard some of your words that were written in Scripture. We've heard some of your heart today. God, we've heard that we need each other, that the Spirit empowers us.
And God, we love you and we turn our hearts to you and just, yeah, fill us now, Lord, with your love. God, will you increase the awareness that we have that you love us? That your spirit is here. God, we welcome you. In verse 27, Lord, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Lord, we're afraid of so many things. There's some really hard things going on in this world, Lord. But God, you said you give us peace. So Lord, we invite you into those those difficulties, those struggles, those hard places, those worries about the future. We invite you in, Jesus. And as we turn our attention to Jesus, let's just breathe in that peace. Let's just take a deep peace, a deep breath of peace. And let's just breathe out those troubles, those worries. It's not that they change, but but God becomes Lord. And he brings his peace. God, we invite you into these situations that we're experiencing. And breathe again and breathe in the peace of God. I invite the worship band to come back up. And just keep breathing in the peace of God. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome your spirit. We welcome your truth. Will you show us truth, Lord, in this changing world? Will you show us truth? And we're going to offer some prayer um, through the worship. And I believe there's three areas that God wants to, um, is really on today. And there might be more, so you can have prayer for anything. But what I feel he's highlighting today is that, is that getting back into relationships is stepping out with courage and connecting with people. Um, so if you want prayer for that, come to the front. The other thing is is for peace. If you really need the peace of God, if you're really struggling with what's going on around you and settling in that place, God can bring us peace even in our struggles. Come for prayer for peace. And the other thing is strategy and wisdom. If you're really needing strategy and wisdom and the mind of Christ and God's good ideas, come for prayer. And so if you're used to ministering in a church setting, come forward first um, as, as ministers, Craig, Matt, um, Becky, Carol, Carolyn, maybe have a day off, <laughs> but you're very welcome to come pray, but um, Tia, anyone who's, um, Kat, I can see, I, I know mostly women, I can see I'm calling out women because that's who I know. But if you've ministered in church, if you're a home group leader, if you've done the prayer ministry training, come forward first because we want a lot of people to come for prayer today. And let's get blessed by the Lord. Let's get blessed for this year ahead. You don't just have to come for prayer at church because you're suffering, because you're having a huge struggle. We come for prayer to be empowered by his power of his spirit, with his love so that we can be fueled. The disciples completely transformed from being afraid and hiding to being missionaries, to being world changers, to planting the church across the whole world because the Spirit came. So come Holy Spirit. 
So let's get filled up so we can journey on together.